Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Good afternoon. Welcome to the COB, all the stuff you need to know in markets and business for today. I'm Kyle Rodder, flying solo for this episode. And well, let's get a check on the local market, shall we? To see where it closed up, or I should really say down, 0.38% lower for the session, extending three days of declines, which basically takes uh, the sell-off since Wednesday or so to around about 3%. So quite a rapid move. And uh, as I understand it too, the market is down to a three-month low or thereabouts. Slipped below 7,100 on the ASX 200, uh, which itself dropped 0.4%, close at 70.70.8. Of course, we haven't seen the match out completed just yet, so we'll get a final check on that in about 10 minutes time. But it was a pretty broad-based day of declines. IT and real estate did manage to uh, gain for the session. However, financials, utilities, consumer staples, healthcare, all down by about 0.6%, nine of 11 sectors, finishing in negative territory. So not so positive at all. And um, well, let's get to the three themes, shall we? And uh, well, what coup? Of course, we were all experts on Russian military strategy, as well as domestic politics there for 24 hours. But um, well, it all went to waste in a way. Investors shrugging off the developments, probably because there was some level of resolution on Saturday night to the situation. And uh, other than a slight lift in oil prices during the early stanza of trade, really not much of a reaction. Although we did see some gold uh, movement in gold stocks, which uh, perhaps we'll talk about in just a moment. Uh, as I said before, ASX 200, three months lows. I've already given you uh, the stat there in terms of where the markets close as we wait for the post-market auction to wrap up. But it really has been a rapid reversal for the market, which was, well, looking fairly buoyant up until Wednesday last week. Uh, well, we're sort of hoping, I guess, that this is just the typical June tax loss selling. It might be a cliche, although many cliches are often true. But we haven't seen the market at these levels since, let me have a look, basically the end of March. And that's when we were still worrying about bank crises in the United States all the way back then. Uh, last but not least, supermarkets are at least one that you could qualify as such. We did have Metcash reporting today. That was our stock of the day. We'll get to that in just a moment. We did see some strength coming through there in uh, some of the other names. Coles was higher, at least when I last checked, um, although Woolworths struggled today. Uh, But let's focus on the positives, shall we, and start with the tech sector. It was broadly speaking high today, bouncing off lows last week. So uh, nothing to really write home about, of course, because it was down, uh, well, thereabouts, or around about, I should say, three or 4%. Over the course of last week, in fact, over the last five days, the tech sector is down by just shy of 5%. But we have seen a bounce back today. WiseTech Global and Zero leading the charge with Ultimum Block also performing well. Let's get to the gold space now if we can. And uh, here are some of the gold miners. If there's any signal that maybe the events in Russia over the weekend had an impact on the market, maybe this is it. 
there is, uh, well, was talk, as I understand it, of spreads blowing out in, well, not blowing out, but widening in foreign exchange markets. Apparently, Russians have a tendency to move their money offshore in these sorts of situations. Also, there's a tendency to buy gold, an anti-fair currency, and, well, perhaps uh, circumnavigating any potential sanctions that could hit any part of the Russian economy. If it were to happen to uh, materialize or not. But you can see there, Northern Star up 2%. There was also news around Northern Star today. Uh, but broad-based gains for the gold sector, one of the few shining lights, it has to be said. And let's get to consumer staples now, just because it does incorporate some of these supermarket names. And uh, actually, I said Coles was up. It was at different stages today. Didn't finish the day up. It's down by 0.65%. In fact, Woolworths also lower by 0.9%. But Metcash, again, up four and a half percent. And it was the story of the day, at least in the corporate space, releasing results and broadly speaking, uh, beating expectations. You can see the share price there. That's a one-year chart uh, down still by 9.64% has confronted its own challenges as consumer demand wanes. And of course, businesses adjust to this high cost environment. But uh, nevertheless, it was our stock of the day. David Lane from Ordmanet and Daniel Ortiz from Stock Doctor joined David Koch on the panel and they gave their view on Metcash. Uh, really kind of cold, some of the market concerns. I think um, hardware was probably a little bit of a point of concern for certain analysts. And, you know, it was a little bit weaker than expected, but certainly the strength um, in its underlying business and retail and liquor kind of solved those issues. So that's why the stock did open up pretty positively to the day, I think around 5 or 6%. And I think it does offer some some decent value. Although I will say, you know, you commonly hear that oh, Metcash is, is a, a good buying opportunity because it trades at a discount to say Woolies. Well, my comment would be that, you know, you, you typically see these discounts be warranted and it's very rare that the valuation gap kind of narrows and closes. So, you know, I think it's a fine business to hold and I wouldn't certainly be selling it on, on today's news. It seems like, you know, inflation is still quite sticky um, in the grocery segment. So I'd be happy holding the stock uh, but you know I don't think there's probably enough there to call it a buy. The division was up 16.8% uh, and as Daniel said the the liquor was was a positive as well. Um, yeah good business good result um, we've got a whole recommendation on Metcash but we do have it in our value portfolio uh, yeah. so it's got yeah. a dividend yield of 6.4% they uh, announced the 11 cent dividend today, so they're maintaining that. Um, we think it's a it's a reasonable business, and it is actually our preferred uh, of the the supermarket oh, your retailers. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so preferring to hold there for Metcash after what was a solid set of numbers, at least. Uh, if you look at the price actions today, investors seem to be welcoming it. But, uh, well, let's push on to my guest for the next 10 minutes or so. Josh Gilbert from eToro joins me now. Uh, Josh, great to see you. Thanks so much for your time. I suppose we're all waiting with bated breath to see if there was any price reaction from the events in Russia over the weekend. Uh, it would seem that, well, it's steady as she goes. Yeah, fairly muted reaction, Carl. Um, you know, I think you know the ASX is, is on the back foot slightly but I think that comes from that that week session that we probably had on on Wall Street on Friday um, I think those worries that we've got of geo, geopolitical tensions are going to stick around they're not going to sort of really subside anytime sort of soon I don't think I think this will stay this week we'll certainly see a pickup in volatility um, across US markets as well you know we've got the VIX that's trading at its lowest level for three years so I think 
that's likely to change this week as well. Um, but yeah, local market just saw sort of broad weakness, no sort of real standout, um, you know, fallers or, or laggards per se. Um, and I think that just sort of comes down to, again, maybe a little bit of risk off we're seeing, as you said, right at the start there at the top of the show, um, you know, gold caught a little bit of a bid. Um, but, you know, I think investors have stayed pretty calm, to be honest. Um, US futures are in the green. Um, gold miners uh, were positive today. Oil pretty flat as well. I think oil will be one to keep an eye on this week, given how important, obviously, Russia is is obviously in, in the OPEC um, grand scheme of things. So that will be something to, to keep an eye on. But yeah, f- fairly muted. And that obviously comes off of the back of what seemed to be the, the truce that, that came over the weekend. But I think it might have been a, a different open if, if we didn't have that truce come through. Indeed, um, perhaps something of, um, well, if not a crisis averted, a little bit of volatility averted, but um, sort of dovetail a little bit uh, just into just general markets rise now because like you said we're seeing some um, uh, upside in US futures initially the ASX's weakness seems to be well very much uh, the most conspicuous across the globe but I mean how would you characterize sentiment right now and especially going into what's probably going to be a fairly data dominant week yeah look I think the ASX has sort of struggled for a bit of direction over the last sort of you know two weeks Um, we had a great week last week that obviously broke a, a bit of a losing streak um or sorry the week before last was, was a positive week then last week was the worst week that we've had um uh since march so it's struggling for a little bit of direction there really i think um in terms of a lot of what we saw last week i think comes from fears over you know rates staying higher for longer um, we had fed officials saying they'd be comfortable keeping interest rates at current levels heading into sort of 2024 i think markets are pricing in more hikes but i think that comes with the expectation of of cuts at the start of 2024 markets aren't really sort of pricing in i don't think at this point rates staying this high long into sort of the the start of 2024 and i think that's what's sort of spooking investors uh, a little bit there but as you say yeah plenty of data sort of coming through this week um inflation is is obviously going to be the sort of the focal point and um and i think that that has the ability to to sort of really move markets there's a huge gap in in expectations um from economists we've got a you know high range of 6.9 percent and a low range of 5.6 percent so clearly at any at, at this point it's it's anyone's guess um but i think a focal point will obviously be on a substantial fall and i think that's going to be the real you know, the real key here, if we're going to see the RBA sort of divert its course or or for whatever reason change um, from from pausing again to sorry, from hiking to to obviously then bringing back that that pause. So that's going to be instrumental. And then, of course, retail sales, that that's probably one of the data points that I think the RBA has probably been most pleased with. Consumption is obviously slowing down. Um, but as we said previously, unemployment data isn't probably moving in the right direction for the RBA and inflation, as we know, has continued to, to sort of be stubborn as well. So some key data points that, again, will move um, will move the ASX this week if we get a stronger than expected inflation print. You know, that is going to mean that the RBA are going to keep to their um, their hawkish tone. And, and you know, Philip Lowe has, has been pretty clear that, you know, his mandate is to, to bring inflation under control with pretty much whatever it takes. So uh, yeah, another hot reading on inflation, I think is gonna you know, send the ASX um, you know, a little bit lower again this week. Yeah, okay, so we'll keep an eye on those uh, inflation figures, of course, crucial as to where central banks go next. But um, just very quietly, and I guess this is always a good sign when these things um, go 
perhaps or happen outside of the headlines, if you will. Um, Bitcoin creeping to, as I understand it, 52 week highs over the weekend. So, well, I mean, something's looking fairly bullish out there. Yeah. So as you say, kind of fell out of the conversation a little bit there for a while, um, Bitcoin and, and crypto especially. We had a great start to the year for crypto, still is the best performing asset class sort of this year. But Q2, um, for, for a while there, we sort of plateaued. Um, you know, Bitcoin was down about sort of three, four percent. Uh, during sort of Q2. Uh, and then last week we had news that, that BlackRock, um, obviously the biggest asset manager in the world, had applied uh, or filed for a Bitcoin ETF. Um, and, and that has sparked a lot of investor optimism, which is, as you say, driven Bitcoin back to a new sort of 52 week high. Um, and I think that just simply comes down to uh, it being BlackRock. Many companies have, have come and, and sort of failed at the task of getting a, a, a sort of a spot ETF. And it comes at a bit of a strange time as well, really. We, we've obviously had a, a fair crackdown from the SEC over the last sort of couple of months, which is why we've seen that broader weakness in crypto markets. Um, so this sort of comes at a, at a time where many are questioning why they've done it, which is then leading um, you know, investors to question, OK, what, what does BlackRock know? Um, and the reason they're questioning that is because, you know, they've got an ex, uh, you know, ex, uh, ex exceptional record um, for, for ETF applications, 575 accepted applications with just one denial in its history, um, which, you know, pretty good odds, I'd like to think there. But the idea of this and why it's, you know, been met with such optimism is that this is a bridge, right? It's a bridge between traditional finance and crypto. You know, it's it's bringing crypto assets onto traditional stock markets, um, and that leaves the opportunity there for institutional flows. And I think that's really important um, because this is ultimately opening the door for for trillions of dollars of investments. Um, and clearly, you know, we're seeing that BlackRock have demand from from their clients for this asset class. They're, they're clearly knocking on the door and, and asking for exposure to the asset. And, and that's why they're putting this application in and why we've seen so many other huge ETF providers put their applications through as well. So yeah, we, we dropped out of the conversation there, um, but it certainly was, um, was, uh, was never gonna fall out the picture completely. And that's why we've sort of seen this this pickup. And I think the real key point here is that if this um, if this ETF does get accepted, which we'll know more about over obviously the next sort of couple of months, it will be huge for for crypto markets and more particularly Bitcoin. Um, this will spur huge buying. Uh, we've already seen volumes pick up significantly uh, over the last sort of week or so, uh, and that is just a sign of things to come if if this uh, ETF is accepted. And uh, well. We'll see if it starts to garner more attention uh, as it does. I'm sure the momentum is likely to build, although, um, you know, all power to you if you're able to get in at sort of 15,000 or so. I know, uh, Josh, you, I'm sure you were in even before that. But uh, <laughs> anyway, we really uh, appreciate your time as always on, on a Monday afternoon and getting us set up for the week. Josh Gilbert from eToro there. Thanks, Carl. Take care, mate. Thank you. Okay, well, let's get across the leaders and laggards, shall we? Starting with the leaders, perhaps few and far between once again. Um, very gold heavy, as you can see there. Uh, but Metcash as well, stock of the day up 4.5% in the end. So uh, a worthy stock of the day, it has to be said. Um, but really, if there was one signal to come out of that issue with Russia over the weekend, that maybe it did benefit the gold price or at least benefit our gold miners, so Capricorn Metals, Silver Lake Resources, West African Resources, all on that list, as well as a handful of others that finished higher uh, lifestyle communities rounds out the top five. Let's look at the laggards, shall we? And uh, also 
very much dominated by materials or miners of a different sort, zero resources. It's been a really difficult ride for that company. Obviously specializes in, well, I guess you could say graphite, if you will. Um, but um, I hark back to the company report back in perhaps May, might have been April, but the stock was trading at around $1.30 at the time. It was a really poor uh, result back then, and it's really just been one-way traffic for the company since. So down by another 5.5%. In fact, it was as low as $0.77 cents today. So um, obviously a difficult one for shareholders, but I would imagine perhaps there are a few true believers out there because of the crucial role graphite is said to play in our EV revolution uh, as uh, we try to electrify, greenify, make more renewable our energy sources. Um, also going down the list, Star Entertainment down by 4.5%. Once again, at New Hope, Imogene, Mineral Resources on there as well. Mineral Res did um, have a little bit of a pop over the last few weeks, perhaps trailing the move that we saw in some of the bigger names, uh, bigger commodity names on the market. But perhaps that has started to fizzle because we are seeing some weakness coming through those cyclicals, that China bump from the PBOC easing policy. Well, it didn't seem to last particularly long or at least long enough to get us all that excited about China's growth and, and maybe the ASX 300 as well. Okay, so there you go. Uh, we'll run through this quick. Leaders and laggards from the small caps, Silk Laser, 17% higher. That's at the top of the pops there. You can run your eyes through the screen. But uh, Invictus Energy, Drone Shields, 5E Advanced, and CoSol, all higher for the session and making up the top five of the small caps. On the other side of the equation, um, some fairly significant drops. Boat, Longyear, uh, Lark Distilling Co., AMA, Appen, and Star Pharma, all lower the worst five performers amongst the small cap names. The biggest laggards there on your screen. Okay, well, let's get what's on uh, overnight now, shall we? And it's actually pretty quiet, uh, it has to be said. In fact, this is uh, what's on tomorrow. Uh, what's on overnight is uh, a speech from Christine Lagarde. There's also gonna be a panel, panel discussion uh, further on in the week with some high profile central bankers, um, Chair Powell uh, amongst them. But this is tomorrow, the CSR AGM, uh, but perhaps most uh, importantly from a corporate news perspective on the ASX, Collins Foods will be reporting. So we'll try and get you across that obviously tomorrow morning as it happens, give you all the details um, and everything you need to know, especially if you are an investor in Collins Foods. And there we have it. That's uh, a bit of a write off there. So we'll move on. But we may as well wrap it up. It wasn't a good day. Third day in a row that we did see declines in the ASX 200 or the SIBO 200 at a three-month low. And, uh, well, some fairly ominous signs there, it has to be said, for the market. There you go. Uh, the final price there for the SIBO 200 down 0.36%. Remember, you can catch up on all the news and interviews on your website. Now, there was a number of them today. Really fantastic. Otherwise, I do hope you have a lovely evening, and we will see you tomorrow morning. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.